Welcome back to the <clears throat> most recent episode of In the Flat Podcast with me, Jordan Schultz, and you know Jess. Uh, Tony right now is out and traveling um, the world, seeing things, doing things more than me and Jess are doing right now. So um, this, week gonna, <laughs> <laughs> this week we're going to continue our previews with the Pac-12. Um, I don't know if you heard this just today. Um, was it last night or today that the Colorado is going to the Big 12 in 2024? Yeah, I heard about that. It certainly is a choice. Not what I was expecting. I don't think anybody was really expecting that. I mean, I hadn't heard much in regards to it. But, uh, I mean, if Coach Prime, you know, hopefully he starts feeling better. I think he – I don't know if he's already had another operation, but he needed to get another operation. You know, it's they, – they're trying to build something there. And I think, you know, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, they had an opening. So, hey, more money probably. So, that's the only reason any of these teams make these moves. So, you know, good luck to the rest of the Pac-12. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it was a <clears throat> it's a weird move, but I think the Pac-12 and Big 12 are the same kind of conference right now and the Pac-12 really doesn't have that media deal like Big 12 does. So, um but with that being said, we'll jump right into the Pac-12 preview. Um <clears throat> just so how we're going to do it is uh explain them one more time is I'm going to tell you the conference uh record and then their overall record and you're just going to tell me higher better worse the same uh just you know things like that um so <clears throat> you know the pac 12 is deep with conference title contenders um we saw the last couple of years you know utah uh washington being good oregon oregon state usc um throw ucla in the mix you know all six of those you know teams even oregon state you know e- even have a chance at winning this their conference um but <clears throat> right now Looking at the pre uh, preview, USC right now is the top dog in the conference. Everybody want likes that high powered offense, but it'll definitely be what their defense can do. And if there's improvements on that defense, then we might be able to see USC contend and win that national or conference championship over you know Utah the last couple of years and things like that. Um, but not even just those six teams. There's also just that the conference is kind of weird. You know, you have. Arizona is improving. Colorado with Deion Sanders, you know, you hopefully think it's an improvement. So there's many things for the Pac-12 this year that it's not just a solid six dominant, you know, teams. There could be a a case of Arizona, Colorado pulling through and doing better. So to start off the preview, um, we're going to go with Jess's favorite team ever, USC. Um, last year's record during uh, conference was eight and one, and overall eleven and three. Um, we all know scoring points uh, at USC is not a problem with Caleb Williams slinging the ball and you know winning the Heisman, coming off that Heisman uh, win last year, and everything like that. <clears throat> you know the biggest thing that's going to hinder and hurt this team next year, uh, this coming year, is if their defense doesn't improve, um, we might not be able. They their offense might not be able to win every game for them like they they have been. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of optimistic things happening on their defense. Um, a bunch of transfers. Bear Alexander from Georgia, Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M, Mason Cobb from Arizona – or not, sorry, Oklahoma State, and corner Christina – or Christian Roland Wallace from uh, Arizona. And, you know, just their defense – with those players, I think they can improve. And then also Caleb Williams and their stacked group of skill players. So what do you think USC is going to do? Better, worse, stay the same? I think they're going to stay the same. Their schedule is kind of daunting because for as easy as it seems to start, it ends just as, you know, hard. <laughs> I mean, they start off the year San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona, and then you hit October 14th at Notre Dame, Utah, at Cal, a little bit of a break, then Washington at Oregon, then home for UCLA. So they got a really rough end of the season. Um, 
And so it's going to be interesting because, you know, you expect teams to have some injuries, but normally it's, you know, a little bit more of a spread out schedule, the harder games and the easier games. So, you know, even if you've got some injuries towards the end of the season, you know, you can still scrape by with some wins. They're going to have to stay healthy, this USC team, or else that gauntlet at the end of the season, it's going to take away any Pac-12 title hopes. It's going to take any playoff hopes away. New Year's six could fall out the window. You know, you drop enough games. Um but overall, I think they're going to stay roughly the same. They got so much talent on offense. And, you know, defense, I expect to improve. Those transfers that they're bringing in, I do expect some improvement in that unit. Uh, it's kind of good for them that the beginning of the year should be as easy as it is because that will allow some chemistry to build up on the defensive side of the ball. But um, I, I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But I, I do think that they're going to be uh, contending for a playoff spot. So I'm going to have them at roughly the same, you know, one loss in the regular season type of deal. No, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I can see – in my eyes, I can see that too. Their schedule is kind of it, – yes, it's – you know, you like you said, it's it's a weird, like, beginning super easy, then the end is going to be kind of tough. But if you look at it, you know, they're at home for Utah. They're at home for Washington. They're at home versus UCLA. You know, at Cal is going to be hard, but USC I think is going to have the firepower to beat Cal. Um, and I think the two biggest games of their season are at Notre Dame, at Oregon. And if they can split those, then they got that one loss season and, and be able to fight for that one spot for the college ball playoff. And, you know, they could have that win in the college or in their national their conference championship game this year if their defense can um, get better. We know Caleb Williams is going to be Caleb Williams, and all the things going out about Caleb Williams is that he's Patrick Mahomes already. So, not quite Patrick Mahomes already, but as a prospect, you know, there you can see the clear comparisons there. Uh, you know, they might have lost Jordan Addison, but they brought in the number one wide receiver in high school football, uh, although he's currently projected to be a second string guy. You know, they got they got talent. They brought in, I think, the number one tight end. The offense, as you said earlier, it's that's not where the questions lie. The questions lie on if a Lincoln Riley team can get some stops, which, you know, uh, Against some of the top teams, you know, look at those Oklahoma teams. You know, if you want to compete for a national championship, you got to be able to handle the Bamas and the Georgias. You know, for a while there, the Clemsons will have to – we're going to talk about them uh, down the line here you know, in the coming weeks. But, uh, you know, if this USC team wants to compete, they're going to have to be able to compete in the trenches. So bringing in a, in a guy like uh, Bear Bryant um, – or Barra Alexander. Why did I say Brian? I'm thinking wrong, <laughs> wrong level of football here. Uh, Bear Alexander, uh, that should help, and I think that's going to be the difference for him. No, yeah, de definitely. I think you, you hit that right on the head. Um, <clears throat> everything you said about USC that you know it's, they're going to be a magical team this year. I think, uh, especially if that defense, even just it gets a little better, it doesn't have to be a huge improvement, but just a little bit. Um, so on to the next team, and this is also the second favorite team to win the conference in is Washington. Um, last year's record in conference was 7-2 and two and 11-2 and two overall. Um, this is another team that scoring, honestly, is not going to be an issue. A lot of returning players on offense um, and returning quarterback Michael Penix Jr. They already averaged 39.7 points a game last year. And like I said, with all the returning players, it's going to be a continuing um, thing. The only concern that there is about the offense is that they have to revamp that offensive line. Um, they, would th they have to get three new starters. Um, and then also um, another thing that's going to be stopping them, and I think this is all Pac-12 schools, is that defense. Um, they couldn't stop the pass that well on defense, but they did bring in the transfer from Oklahoma State. Um, so that might bring their secondary up. and. A lot of returning players on defense, defensive line and everything like that. So, Jess, do you think Washington's going to continue their success from last year and maybe bring, make it to the um, 
Pac-12 championship game or they get worse. Well, again, you don't like uh, the question marks being on either the offensive or defensive line. You need the big boys up front to be able to, you know, get anything done on either side of the ball. You know, if your offensive line has holes, then it doesn't really matter how good your quarterback is. We just mentioned him earlier. Look at Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl against the Bucks. You know, if you got if your quarterback's running his for his life every play, then doesn't matter how good he is, doesn't matter how good those skill position plays are. That being said, you know, a lot of people have Michael Penix as one of the top quarterbacks in the country. I think he's on a bunch of Heisman favorite lists. You know, they've got plenty of weapons. Um, I'm seeing various people talking about um, Odunze as, you know, a uh, first, late first, early second level, you know, wide receiver in the upcoming draft. So clearly they got the talent. Uh, Schedule-wise, Boise State, Tulsa, Michigan State to start the year. Um, after that, you've got Arizona, Oregon, Arizona State, Stanford, USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. So it seems like it's a little more spread out compared to USC, though I feel like that's going to be every schedule we go over here. But I could see them, you know, last year they didn't have a team like USC. They had UCLA, they had uh, Cal, they had Arizona, they had Oregon. Washington State, Colorado, Oregon State. I don't I don't think they're really gonna drop all that much. I can all I'm gonna say that they're going to stay relatively the same. I, I don't see more than two losses on their schedule here. You know, and that I think it's gonna be very telling because they get Oregon and Utah at home. So that that's huge for them at USC. You know, I'm we literally just talked about them. I'm pretty high on them. So, you know, if they can, if they can just split or maybe even get both Oregon and Utah win both those games, I I don't see them losing more than two games. No, yeah, definitely. I could see them being that second team in the um, uh, Pac-12 championship game especially their schedule kind of helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, that at USC is going to be a tough game, but they got Oregon at home. They got Utah at home. I mean, the schedule, Michigan State's not where they have been. No, uh, they've fallen off. <clears throat> Boise State at home, Tulsa at home. I think they got their enough of those home games that USC's – I'm going to say that's going to be a really close – Game might be a shootout, but I think USC has that win, and I think that's going to be their one loss in this whole season. So, you know, give them that one loss at USC and every other game I think it's going to be pretty easy just because they got that Oregon and Utah at home, um, and especially late in the season for Utah, last game of the season. That's going to be – or not last, but November 11th they play Utah, and I think that's just going to be cold in Washington State. Um at Oregon State's not going to be hard, easy, but it's not going to be the most tough game. And then at Washington, or home for Washington State, it's a rival game, but I still see them being that top dog. And I think USC is going to be their biggest challenge, biggest hurdle um, of the season. It's going to be tough. But other than that, I think their offensive firepower, um, I think they're going to be able to reload that offensive line enough to have Michael Penix Jr. still be able to do what he's been doing, you know, the, the past year. And our defense just, if that secondary can step it up, I think they're going to be able to hold their own. So um, one loss this year, same, same thing as last year. No, I definitely see that. Uh, so now Utah, um, last year's record in conference was 7-2 and 10-4 overall. Um, the biggest question mark for Utah is Cam – uh, Cam Rising, uh, recovering from his torn ACL um, when he, that he suffered at the end of the season in the Rose Bowl, which is not a good thing because ACLs take a second to heal, you know. You don't say. Yeah, just so you guys know. <laughs> but they have won uh, <clears throat> back-to-back Pac-12 champions, uh, <clears throat> and, and they're hoping they can make it a third in a row with Cam Rising if he can return quickly and to his form. 
Um, the ground game should be strong with two returning, uh, three returning starters in the trenches. Um, well, a lot of good <clears throat> returning receivers and uh, number one running back in the country as well. So our number one running back in the country, yeah. Uh, the return of the tight end, <clears throat> Brent Keith. Um, he missed the whole season, but that should boost uh, our last season. Uh, but hopefully it'll boost their season this year. Uh, so, Jess, do you think Utah does the same thing as last year? Pulls it pulls it out somehow, or uh, do you not think so? It's so dependent on rising. I mean, it's when it comes to ACLs, it typically takes a year to heal and then another year for you to truly get back to where you once were. Not every there's only one Adrian Peterson, you know, when he tore his ACL and then came back in like eight months and won league MVP. Um, you know, but quarterback is very different than a lot of these other positions. Just, you know, you're not, ideally you're not running as much. You're not taking as many hits. It's supposed to be a, you know, much less contact in, you know, play to play for a quarterback. So, you know, I'm not super familiar with his throwing motion, how much, you know, he turns the leg, the knees, all this sort of stuff. Uh, I'm no QB whisper expert. Um, so I can't comment on that, but you know, he, at, uh, the media day, he was saying that everything's on pace, everything's on time, but you know, I don't know if there's going to be a mental block there. He's going to be wincing at every hit. He's not going to take shots. Like maybe he needs to, like, if you have to step up into the pocket and just take a shot, you know, to just get the ball down the field. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be more hesitant to do that. Um, so I I cannot confidently say that they're going to do as well. I I'm going to have them. I think I'm going to have them dropping from ten and four overall to you know maybe like a uh, nine wins. You know at USC at Washington. Home for UCLA, that's in week four. Is he going to be back by then if he even starts the season? There's too many questions for me to be super confident about them. So I'm going to say they drop an extra game or two compared to last year. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it really, like, like I said, it really depends on if Cam Rising is back to start the season and how he is. Is he going to be less mobile? Things like that. Is he going to be scared? Mental blocks? Just things like that. And I think the conference right now is just there's two teams that are offensively really, really good. And, and I think that Utah is not going to be able to compete with most of the teams. And then having the at USC at Washington is going to be tough. And even, you know, Florida's at home, so I think that's going to be easy. At Oregon State's going to be tough. And, and just Games like that are going to wear on people. And if Cam Rising is not fully in form and all that, I think those games are going to be tough for him and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm with you on the dropping one more game this year. Um, just because it, Cam Rising not being fully there 100%, 110% even, is going to be tough because that's, that's the guy that holds that team together. He's everything for that team. So on to the next team, <clears throat> Oregon. Um, last year in conference, they were 7-2, and two, and overall they were 10-3. and three. Um, Last year they just missed making a trip to the Pac-12 championship um, in Dan, Dan Lanning's debut uh, season last year. Um, but the return of Bo Nix – um, on this high-powered offense, who what scored 38.8 points a game last year, um, and landing squad hopefully will be back in the mix this year for the talks of being uh, Pac-12 champions, even going to the Pac-12. Um, Nick's supporting cast at the skill position ranks among the best in the conference, but a, a revamped offensive line with four new starters may take some time to mesh. Seven starters are back on defense, but the unit will miss linebacker Noah Swell, 
and cornerback uh, Christian Gonzalez. Um, so, Jess, do you think they drop or do you think they get better? I think they're going to take a little bit of a drop. Um, you know, they've, they've got some good weapons. Bo Nix, you know, looked much better over the course of the, over the course of the year last year, especially if you just, you know, take that Georgia game out of it. Um, that was ugly. The, the new offensive line worries me. Um, getting Washington on the road, getting Utah on the road, but you know, getting USC at home again, like I think I'm pretty darn high on USC this year. So seven and two in conference, I could see, I could see them finishing pretty much with the exact same record, 10 and three, getting a bowl win or at least a bowl game. Um, but then having that third loss come in conference just because, you know, Noah Sewell, he's a bear now. Uh, Gonzalez is a Patriot. Uh, they, they return a lot of guys, starters on that defense. But, you know, those guys were just, you know, I think those two were their top guys last year. At the very least, Gonzalez was. Um See, I, I think overall record stays the same, but I could definitely see them dropping a third conference game. No, yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying, but <clears throat> I'm a little more high on Oregon. I think Dan Landing being a second year, uh, you know, his culture is going to be, you know, their defensive guy, um, one of the better defensive minds in our generation. Um, just look at Georgia on how good their defense is. Um, and I think Bo Nix is going to be better this year and continue to get better throughout the season. I think it's going to all matter on those, you know, the players that fill in for um, on defense and how they mesh and also the new starters, four new starters on the offensive line, how they mesh. I think they could easily lose two of these games the at Washington um, against USC, and that might be their only two losses. If their defense can find the fill those spots in, and the offensive line meshes, and Bo Nix gets better and plays as good as he did to start the season, or as good as he did all the way through the season, consistently, they're going to have two losses this year. But it's all going to depend. It, it's everyone. It depends on that offensive line and what they do with that defense and how they use it. But yeah, just at at Washington's going to be a tough game because that offense is going to be one of the better offenses in college football. And even any like you said, USC is USC. Caleb Williams is the guy, um, and he's gonna. That's going to be a tough game. So I think two losses this year is is where I think they're going to be at. All right, on to the other Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, last year's record was six and three. Our conference record was six and three. Overall, was ten and three. A lot of good teams in the Pac-12. If you haven't noticed that so far, um, uh, Jonathan Smith's program is on the rise after the Beavers capped a ten and three record last year with an upset over rival Oregon and a blowout victory against Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, getting more out of the passing attack is a priority if Oregon State wants to challenge for a trip to the conference title game. Um, <clears throat> they did get uh, DJ DJU from Clemson. <laughs> I didn't want to try to pronounce his last name. Um, Uwagale. Yep, there you go. And they do also have a returning uh, running back, Damian Martinez, who will anchor their backfield and offensive line that sh uh, more than likely will be one of the best in college football. So do you think Oregon State uh, does better this year or do they drop just because of DJ? I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that DJ has not lived up to expectations. Uh, he was supposed to take over for Trevor Lawrence, and he did not do that with Clemson. He was pretty bad, inconsistent, missed some throws that you know a guy of his pedigree should have been able to hit. 
Um, they're they don't have the most daunting of schedules. Uh, they should win those uh, first three games. Then you get into like the Washington States, the Utah at home at Cal, UCLA at home, Washington at home, and then at Oregon. You know, getting Washington, Utah, and UCLA at home are all pretty good draws for them. But that being said, I'm just not that high on DJ. I I think they're going to drop an extra game or two this year. He's just not going to live up to expectations. I just I, I don't have much faith in him at this point. No, yeah, I I I I agree with you. I think they're going to drop one more. And honestly, I don't think it's just going to be because of DJ. I think there's going to be a lot of other things. I think DJ is going to have a better season than he has at Clemson just because it's something new and offense is different and things like that. Um, they did get lucky with being at home for Utah, at home for Washington, um, at home for UCLA, and not getting USC. I think that's going to be – that's a big, big thing. If DJ can live up to the hype and play like he should um, and not play as a baseball player because he did get drafted um, in the MLB, uh, just so you guys know. Uh, he's got I, that, He's got that option. Yes. <laughs> I could, if he can live up to some of the hype, not even all of it, you know, some of it, like live up to the hype when he played that one game when Trevor Lawrence was there against Notre Dame, things like that. If he can live up to the hype and get something out of his offense, I could see them doing the same thing as last year, losing, a, you know, three games. Uh, but it's all, I think it all depends on quarterback because that was the biggest what if issue last year and it'll be the biggest what if issue again here this year so three to four losses this year kind of maybe drop back just just because if dj doesn't live up to any hype then he will be a bust i'd say i'd say he already is hey gotta give him some benefit of the doubt i'll i give him a little I'll give him a little. I, I think that maybe just being in a new place away from the pressure of Clemson, maybe that'll do him some good. You know, not having to be the next Trevor Lawrence and and never lose a single regular season game in his time at Clemson. But he's he's gotta be better. He just has to. If if this team's going anywhere. Yeah, de- definitely. I think that's gonna be the biggest issue for them so our next team is ul ucla um last year's conference director was six and three overall was nine and four uh last year's nine and uh win season marked chip kelly's best record um for the bruins um and the program's highest victory total since 2014 um but there's going to be a lot of what if for UCLA um, to go beyond that nine wins, they need to really transition that offense. Um, they have to find someone to replace uh, DTR at quarterback. And right now it's kind of pointing to a true freshman, Dante Moore um, on the ground. They do have some transfers from, um, from ball state Carson Steele, and he should fill the void that is left from there leaving a um, lot of holes to plug already. <laughs> Another team that needs an offensive line plug. Um, they only have they have to have three new starters on offensive line, and they also need to figure out that defense. Uh, UCL allowed 29 points a game, and also gave up 6.1 yards a snap in the Pac-12 contest. Um, they do have a new play caller on defense, but they also have eight returning starters. So, Jess, do you think that UCLA gets better this year with under a true freshman quarterback, um, or do they get worse? I think they get worse. Um, they have so many holes to fill on offense. True freshman, it's a whole 
you get up to college, it's a whole different level than high school. You're no longer the top guy around. You know, it's a faster game. You have to be smarter. It's it's a lot for for, for true freshman quarterbacks. That's why you don't typically see many of them have a lot of success. You know, that true freshman year is kind of a wash, and then they spend more time at college, at college hit the weight room, bulk up you know, adjust to the speed. It, it takes a minute again. Like that's one of the reasons a guy like Trevor Lawrence was viewed as such an, you know, an exceptional guy, you know, it's like, it's, I can't name too many true freshman quarterbacks who just come in and dominate, you know, again, having to fill holes on the offensive line. That's not good. You know, running back, if your offensive line is good enough, you can plug and play, but Charbonnet was you know, very good. It's hard to think you're just immediately going to be getting that kind of production. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina to start the season, San Diego State, NC Central. Then you're immediately at Utah. Again, it's a little early in the season. How is Rising going to be doing? If he's even playing at that point, you hope he is. Um, but no telling for certain at this moment. So, But again, it's at Utah. Um, home for Washington State, at Oregon State, at Stanford, home for Colorado, at Arizona, home for Arizona State, at USC, home for Cal. You know, they didn't get Washington, they didn't get Oregon on the schedule, so that's certainly in their favor. Um, so I'm, I think they're going to drop to be, I think they drop an extra game at least just because that true freshman quarterback factor. No. Yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest thing is that quarterback factor. And, you know, if you want a, a true freshman to play, you need at least four, hopefully a five returning starters in that offensive line that already know the system, know what they're doing, you know, could help this quarterback out, but three new, Starters is going to be a tough, tough feat, especially for a true freshman that doesn't really know the speed of college football. You know, it kind of just goes up from here, gets faster, everything like that. <clears throat> and I think their defense, you know, yeah, they got a new play caller and, you know, he got a solid foundation with eight <laughs> returning starters. But those eight returning starters led up 20, had 29 points a lot on them and 6.1 yards a snap in their Pac 12 contest. So, um, I think I'm with you. I think they go down. I think it's going to be hard to get that true freshman to be a DTR. That's going to be a hard replacement um, for anyone, but a true freshman is going to not – I don't think it's going to be the, the right fit right now. I think next year, the year after, he'll be better, but I think true freshman on an offensive line that's rebuilt, on a defense that needs to be rebuilt, I think it's just going to be tough. That being said, Leatu Latu, he's a beast. <laughs> he's a beast. He's going to be really good. He had ten and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, three, uh, not three, two fumble recoveries last year. He keeps improving. That'll go a long way for that defense. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, now our next team is Washington State. Uh, last year's record in conference was four and five. Overall, was seven and six. Um, they did have a really solid start um, to their Jack Dickert's uh, second full season at the helm, and then with uh, returning quarterback Cameron Ward, who threw for three thousand two hundred thirty-one yards and twenty-two touchdowns um, in his first season at uh, Washington State. Um, they do have to uh, revamp their. Um, cast uh, supporting cast around Ward and they're struggling offensive line and they are also losing uh, some players to transfer especially their left tackle Jared Kingston uh, to USC also the top four receivers from 2022 are gone um, they did get some good junior college recruits and a couple of things like that they have also a new offensive our new coordinator on defense and 
things like that. So, Jess, do you think they get better, or do you think that they get worse this season? Um. Wow. You know, it really sucks when you lose, like, an NFL-level guy to a rival team or at least a, another team in your conference. Uh, ta- losing and then offensive linemen, that's uh, really rough. Um, I think they're going to take a step back this year. Uh, you need all this help on the offensive line. You got uh, defense that's going to have to play a new scheme. Uh, linebacker is going to be hard to fill. You know, at Oregon doesn't help. At UCLA doesn't help. Having an out-of-conference game against a team like Wisconsin, who could be on the come-up, you know, at least you get that at home, but that'll be rough. You know, you get Washington at home, but, you know, we were talking so highly about Washington, I, I don't think they're winning that game. Uh, Yeah, I, I could see them dropping a, another game this year. I think they're... Honestly, it's that Wisconsin game that could be really rough for them. You know, I think they're going to finish in the middle of the Pac-12 this year. Uh, I think if they, I think they could very easily lose that Wisconsin game, and that's going to set some things back for them. No, yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be considerably hard, um, especially with. Um, offensive line struggles from last year and losing offensive line men and then a new defensive coordinator, a new scheme, a new culture on that defense. It's going to be a big setback. I think their biggest thing that's going for him is Cameron Ward's returning who had a decent season last year, but I just don't think their offense is going to, or offensive line is going to be ready. Their defense is going to be ready. So, I, I'm with you on that. I think they drop one or two more games this year just because um, of that. I think, like I said, the biggest thing is Cameron Ward is playing, they're returning. That's going to be a big thing. And I think they're not being um, – uh, them avoiding USC and Utah and also hosting Washington is going to be helpful. But I think those that Washington game is going to be Washington's game. I mean, last year – a big thing for them was uh, that they went three and zero in non-conference games. They barely squeaked by Wisconsin last year, um, and I think you know you and I we haven't gotten to the Big Ten yet, but I think Wisconsin's going to be improved this year. Um, and if the, you know if they don't have things figured out in that offensive line, I mean they went four and five in conference, but finished seven and six overall, meaning three their remaining three wins. We're all out of conference. If that conference record stays even remotely close to the same this year uh, and they can't win all three out of conference games, then that by default means that they're dropping. So, Yeah, yeah de- definitely. definitely. Uh, so our next team um, is Arizona. <clears throat> Last year's record in conference was three and six. Overall was five and seven. The five and seven was a huge improvement from the following year, where they went eleven and one in the day their coaching head coach's debut. Um, they need to take some steps forward to get a bowl game. It'd be their first bowl game if they can take those steps since twenty seventeen. They are losing their top receiver Jacob Singer, who had a uh, over a thousand receiving yards to USC, um, but their offense still should be uh, fine with Jaden Delore Delora. And receivers Jacob Cowing and Tudoro um, McLeanan returning. Uh, defensive improvement is likely to decide whether or not Arizona gets to six or more wins after the unit allowed 36.5 points a game last year. Um, <clears throat> they did have a couple of transfers, which will help, but the we're returning th- only three starters and have to get significantly better against the run. Uh, they had 209.1 yards a game rushing uh, allowed last year. So do you think Arizona gets better this year or they just plummet? Oh, man, 209 yards a game is heinously terrible. 
and, and just rushing. Just rushing. That's that's so bad. Um, I think they're going to get worse. If they've only got three starters returning on defense. There's going to be no consistency. There's going to be no familiarity. Uh, and their schedule towards the back half is weird. They get they open up the year in northern Arizona, then at Mississippi State, UTEP at home, at Stanford, then Washington at home, at USC, at Washington State, home for Oregon State, home for UCLA, at Colorado, home for Utah, at Arizona State. This is not going to be an easy schedule. Um, pretty much from mid to the end of the year is just going to be a gauntlet. It's going to be really bad for them. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to drop uh, at least a game or two. I, I think Arizona could end up being one of the three worst teams in the conference. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm surprised they got five wins last year. I don't know how you can let up 209.1 rushing yards and still get five wins. Blows my mind. They gave up like only 150 passing yards because everybody was just running the ball. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but no, I'm with you on that. I think they lose two or three more or one or two more games this year. I don't know. Yeah, they have some good offensive firepower and things like that, but that defense needs to improve. And I don't know if they'll be able to in time. And I also think with the, you know, losing their top receiver is going to be hard just because. Now the quarterback has to find a tar- new target that he likes, get chemistry with that player and things like that. And they're like you said, their schedule is tough. I mean, I, I maybe mean, if if or Colorado is not what the hype is, Colorado that's going to be the easiest game after their. I don't know. They have <clears throat> two game two week break at one point. I think that's the biggest break is UTEP at and at Stanford. Northern Arizona is going to be easy, but at Mississippi State is going to be a tough game. Those two weeks and then that stretch of – if Colorado's up to their hype, I, I think they could drop every game from September 30th to November 25th. But it it's going to it's going to depend on that defense and everything like that. But, no, I could see them being the bottom half, bottom third of this conference once again. Like they have been. So the next school who is on that cusp of being the bottom half, maybe one of the worst, is uh, Cal. Uh, last year's record in conference was two and seven. Overall, was four and eight. Um, they have ten returning starters on defense, and that uh, <clears throat> only gave up twenty-seven point eight points a game last year and six point one yards per play um, as well. But getting back to six or more wins and climbing into the top half of the Pac-12 will hinge on how far the offense develops under new play caller, um, their new offensive coordinator. They have some transfers, um, especially at quarterback Sam Jackson, the fifth from TCU, is expected to start. And they do have some skill talent, uh, which help hopefully help get that offense started um, <clears throat> with a new scheme. And all that, Jess, do you think that they can get better this year or get worse? Yeah, I don't think they're getting that much better. I don't see the offensive line improving that much. Uh, 31 sacks is really, really bad. Um, They got a very tough schedule at North Texas, then home for Auburn and Idaho. Then you go to Washington, host Arizona State, host Oregon State. At Utah, home for USC, at Oregon, home for Washington State, the end of the year at Stanford and UCLA. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see four wins here. Uh, they got some good talent, but, you know, as sad as it is, you know, like if your best player is linebacker, um, then I don't know how great that is for you. I mean, don't get me wrong, linebacker's important, but yeah, yeah poor Cal. <laughs> Fun <laughs> fact, uh, my first college football game was a Cal game. Uh, my mom and I went to visit my uncle out in uh, California, and we wound up going to a game. 
I don't think I don't even I grew out of the shirt, but uh, I had he got me another shirt years later that fit me for a little while. I don't know if I still have it, but yeah. So go Golden Bears. I wish you the best. Oh, Jess is a Cal fan, guys. Jess is a Cal fan. No, for my uncle. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, no, I I don't see things getting much better for them this year. (laughs) The sad thing is I don't think, and most people do, and I think they'll be lucky to get two or three wins this year. That's I what my, I was talking with my uncle on the phone about. He said, yeah, they're at best two, maybe three wins. And it's their schedule, man. I mean, it's going to be tough no matter what. And it, it, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, can they beat Arizona state? That'll be their, their three wins. You don't think maybe they could challenge like, uh, on uh, Stanford or uh, Idaho? No. All right. Thank you for the very concise answer there, Joe. Uh, they, they'll they'll <laughs> beat North Texas, Idaho. I think they lose to at Stanford. I think their biggest question mark is if they could beat Arizona State, they'll get three wins. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Arizona State, I think that's the next team here. Yes. <laughs> so let's jump into the second. Um, they. Woo! The, the second worst team, Heavy yeah. <laughs> Arizona State. Last year's record uh, in conference was two and seven, and overall was three and nine. Um, they do have a new uh, head coach in Kenny Dillingham. Uh, he's replacing Herm Edwards, uh, but it'll take. He's a young coach. He's thirty three years old. Uh, it'll definitely take a long, uh, uh, some time to rebuild this team. Um, over 30 transfers are set to join the roster this offseason and replenish the overall depth and talent on the team that went 3-9 last fall. Um, our boy Drew Pine is there. Uh, and so, uh, especially with potential true freshmen, also Jaden Rashada, that could also get the starting job. Um, tight end Jalen Kiners and receiver Elijah Badger are back to anchor the receiving core. Well, Sycamore State transfer Cameron Skabadu could take the lead role at running back. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of uh, transfers, a major overhaul in a lot of places. Four new starters on defense that allowed 31.4 points a game last year. So, Jess, Arizona State, 30 transfers get better or worse? You know, you want to know what's crazy? I I think there's a genuine chance, despite finishing three and nine, they get worse. Oh, this God. schedule, first of all, 30 transfers is insane, especially if you need, you know, even a third of that to be new starters across the board. That's a lot of starters. Um, there the only game that I think they they have a true shot at winning this year is their opener against Southern Utah. Other than, other than that, Oklahoma state, Fresno state, USC, Cal, Colorado, Washington, Washington state, Utah, UCLA, Oregon, Arizona. That is brutal. I thought, I didn't think we were going to have too many schedules harder than USC's, but this is, this is not good for them. Uh, yeah, I, I I, don't see more than two wins here. Yeah, I mean, I, I also don't see the more than two wins. Uh, I think everyone doesn't see more than two wins. Uh, yeah, three maybe. If they, then that is if Colorado doesn't live up to the hype. That is their third win right there. But maybe. I, yeah, maybe. Third, I think new head coach, young head coach, that's and rebuilding basically everything. That culture was weird there under Herm Edwards. Um, yeah, you bring in the 30 transfers, but are they good transfers? It's Arizona State. They brought in they they have a battle for quarterback with Drew Pine, who was average at best at Notre Dame. Um, with Trenton Bourget 
and, and a true freshman, another true freshman in this Pac-12 conference. And I think it's just going to be tough. The schedule is tough once they get past the top, the first three games. It, it's just USC is a tough game, no matter home way. California's no, and and they're bad, but they're they play hard. It's so, also at Cal, so yeah, they're tough. No matter, yeah, how bad they are, they're going to be a tough game. So, I, I think two wins is is where I'm at with them as well. Um, yeah, if, I, I just oh, I don't see the third win. I don't. I we're going to be talking about, um, you know, like uh, we're going to be talking Colorado in a sec. But you know, even if they don't live up to the height, I I just. I I don't think they're even going to get that one. I'm that's that's yeah, and I don't know, and I just don't, and I can't, I can't like. It, that's a, it was a it was a hard place. It's an easy place to sell. I don't know why it's not to sell the number one party school in America. Um, the most besides the besides online schools has the most enrollment. I, I don't know, man. It's just something that, that they're starting to figure great, out. Down there. Great weather. Arizona weather can. I mean, it's it can it's get hot out there. It's dry, Jess. You live in New Jersey. Relax, dude. It's like a hundred degrees here today. <laughs> uh, I tried taking a walk. Nah, it's too shit. hot here. I can't, I'm not trying to go deal with Arizona summers. You think I want to play football, you know, have summer training outside in Arizona? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. No, well, you have inside. They have inside training. I sure as heck hope so. <laughs> All right. But now to, I think, probably one of the most hyped teams of the season. And no thanks to Deion Sanders. Colorado last year's record in conference was one and eight. Overall was one and eleven. Uh, they're probably the most intriguing team to watch. You watch their spring game, sold out. I don't think Colorado has done that for a while. Um, so Deion Sanders at the helm, and he brought along his baggage, like he said, and a boatload of transfers to go along with it. Um, I think Colorado is one of the most difficult teams to assess and, and see how they do. On the positive side, wide receiver and corner Travis Hunter is arguably the top all-purpose player in college football. And quarterback Schreider Sanders could be the best signal caller the program has seen since it moved to the Pac-12 in 2011. Um, a lot of transfers, big names, things like that. But that defense is going to be something that needs to be worked on no matter who's there, no matter what you bring in. They gave up 44.5 points a game last year. And that's the biggest concern I think on for Colorado. Uh, <clears throat> is Colorado going the right direction with Deion Sanders, Coach Prime? Um, or are they going to stay the same or get better this year, Jess? Does Coach Prime bring them to the Holy Land? Well, they're not going to the Holy Land unless the Holy Holy Land is that uh, three and nine, four and eight mark. Um, I they have to be improved. I they're not going to win zero games, and I think you know they're going to be able to beat an Arizona State. I think they're going to be able to give a team like Arizona and you know like Arizona a fight. They should beat Arizona State. They should beat Stanford. I think they should beat Colorado State. So that, you know, they've clearly already passed that mark. Can they get that fourth win somewhere? Um, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, this one's fairly easy. I think they're going to improve. They're not making a bowl game this year. I really, really doubt it. But again, you know, from being one and eleven to three and nine, four and eight. You know, that's a great first step for this program. No, yeah. I could honestly, and it's just, if Deion Sanders brought those players that can mesh, I can see maybe five wins. They beat TCU. I'm not willing to go. I'm not willing I'm to go. I'm not, hey, but look at this. Look at this. They beat TCU. Start this I don't season. know if they're beating TCU. I really don't. They might. They, 
You and I were further down on TCU in the last conference preview than Tony was. I don't think they're going to be that bad. In the first game of the season when all of these transfers, all of these guys haven't really played together yet, I don't think so. I I can see them getting four. If they they lose to TCU, but they need beat Nebraska, they beat Colorado State, they beat Stanford, and they beat Arizona. Maybe. They're at Arizona home. State. Arizona State. There's five right there, dude. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, uh, I mean, Nebraska. Maybe it's at home. There. At home, though. If it was at Nebraska, it'd be a different story. But it's at Colorado. That the first, at least the first three games, are going to be the most packed houses Colorado has seen probably ever. They're going to sell out no matter what. Those three games. After Colorado State, yeah, I could definitely see those games being sellouts, have the home field advantage, got the home crowd going crazy. And if they can – I don't think they're beating TCU, but if they can beat Nebraska, they should beat Colorado State, should beat Arizona State, should beat Stanford. Arizona maybe. That home again. Maybe Arizona. Again, with that one being at home, that's a maybe. Yeah. So yeah, no. Like if they, I can see the path, but, but the particularly not. those really early games with how many guys are not familiar with each other, you've got to learn to play together, and those being like the first real, you know, like those. That's the first real test right there. So I, I don't think they're beating TCU. The home for Nebraska, all that hype, should be sold but, out. Nebraska's Maybe. rebuilding too. So. They're rebuilding too, but just I think they're gonna have just a little bit more. Did you watch their spring game? We'll talk about I it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that in the Big Ten preview. But you know, all right, I'll, I'll give you Nebraska. Maybe they get to five wins. Maybe four to five wins. Maybe two I, to three games in twenty twenty three. I said be an three to four. I said three to four. Yeah, no, that's a huge improvement, and. Now to jump to the second worst team in the conference last year, Stanford. Um, uh, last year's record in conference was one and eight. Yes. Oh boy. Um, overall was three and nine, so a little better out of conference. Um, they have a new head coach, Troy Taylor. Um, he has a really big effort, massive rebuilding. Um, they only returned six starters and. Feature significant concerns on both sides of the ball, including quarterback, offensive line, their overall defense performance. Stanford's defense allowed 36.3 points a game in Pac 12's contest last year and struggled mightily against the run. Uh, remember, 209 was high. This one's 224.4 yards a game. Uh, they have some bright spots, but it's still not going to be enough. So, Jess, I. Uh, do you think they get better or they get worse or they stay the same? I think they're going to stay the same. I mean, at Hawaii, at USC to start the year, definitely taking that L to USC, probably taking an L to Hawaii. Sacramento State, can they beat? Um, we already said they're losing to Colorado. Can they beat Cal? Yeah, I, 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 I don't see them getting back to three wins, but you know, uh, yeah, I, they get worse. <laughs> I, I, I don't see more than two wins on the schedule, and that's if they can beat Cal. I don't. Maybe Hawaii. I, I don't. I don't see it. No, they get worse. They definitely get worse. I this think. Is, I think this these is, guys are competing for the worst team in the conference. This is probably one of the. Biggest rebuilds and probably the hardest school to rebuild because of how academically standard, how much academic standards they have. I think it's going to be tough, and I think Stanford there they could somehow if Hawaii doesn't get better, they could beat Hawaii, Sacramento State. But I think every other team beats them, especially just because they have so much struggles on everything. They need a quarterback, offensive line, everything on defense. Stanford's not going to be good this year. Maybe one, maybe 
maybe two wins. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And that maybe is a, a huge, huge underlying question mark, squared, bolded, maybe. So now that maybe, maybe two wins. <laughs> that ends uh the Pac 12 teams and their previews. So Jess, do I have to ask you this question or do we all already know who is going to win the Pac 12 conference this year? My call is USC. Um, best quarterback, I would say arguably best coach. Uh, like all the other top teams on the for the conference that we discussed, the real question mark is going to be defense. They brought in some big names. Uh, can those names translate? I think they will. I think it's USC's conference. No, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think USC has that better offense. Uh, there's a couple games that I, I think every team in this conference is more than likely could lose or is going to lose. And I don't think any team goes undefeated in this conference. So, I, And I think USC is going to have the better offense in 95% of their games and the same defense as every other co- team in their conference anyway because the Pac-12 is – the defense is not – no, that they Pac-12 has for sure has probably one of the the worst defenses um, in all. So, all right, Jess, last question for this Pac-12: Who is a player to watch for you? And it cannot be Caleb Williams. Ah, oh, darn it! <laughs> that would have been such an easy cop out. So I'll take the second easiest cop out, and that'll be uh, Michael Penix. Uh, that he what he had a very strong bounce back year right now he's getting NFL first round hype I know a lot of people have him as the third best quarterback coming out in 2024 it's either him or yours which one of them takes the bigger step most people have them both comfortably behind Williams and May if he can take that step you know that'll keep Washington in contention with USC uh and it's it's just going to be very interesting to watch, you know, with boat with the guys like a Bo Nix to me, you know, it's like, we kind of know what to expect from him at this point, but I think Penix has room to take that next step. And I think that's going to be very interesting to watch. No. Yeah, definitely. Michael Penix is going to be a um, early Heisman candidate, I think with his legs and his, he's kind of, in my eyes, he's a, Little less Caleb Williams. But, okay, my player to watch is another quarterback, and I already talked highly on him, um, and that is Bo Nix from Oregon. Um, I know no one likes him. No, I mean, everybody. I mean, uh, I just threw a passive-aggressive comment. Uh, yeah, I know. I listened to it. Is that him? Um, I think Bo Nix surprised a lot of people, especially what we've seen from Auburn. Um Going for over 3,500 yards, 29 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. And I th- I'm pretty sure like four of those were the Georgia game. <laughs> um, so if you just erase right? <laughs> if you just erase that Georgia game last year, I think Bo Nix was one of the better quarterbacks, and he has really excelled and gotten better at Oregon. I think with Dan Lanning second year going in, Bo Nix's second year offense is gonna be going well i think with bucky irving at running back i think oregon's offense is going to be one of the better offenses and not just in the conference but in the country and bo Nix is going to be the guy that has that um start and gets better this year more touchdowns more passing yards and, and just plays a lot better so um bo Nix, everybody all right all right so uh, thanks again for listening to our podcast about the Pac-12. I know the Pac-12 is probably one of the better conferences this year with better teams. Um, Certainly what we're expecting to be one of the more competitive conferences. Yeah, de- definitely one of the more competitive. And I think it's because they're all in close vicinity to each other. Um, <laughs> I think that helps a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the last uh, 
conference preview for the Pac-12 that will have USC and UCLA in it next year. And Colorado, or wait, are yep, and be? and Colorado. It's gonna um, take some year. builders next year. Next year, we'll we might be reading off no Pac-12 or a smaller Pac-12. Um, so. Uh, if you have any questions you want us to talk about or any feedback or anything, you can follow us on Twitter at InTheFladPod. Um, you can also message Jess about paying you back for all the bets that he told you that you should bet and were wrong. Um, thanks again, everybody. Uh, until next time, bye.